Welcome back to the 21st episode of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellert. Today's guest, Misty Buck, found her way to athlete mental health via her father's coaching style. Buck's father, who coached she and her brother their entire childhood, was known for his tough love approach. So you just were always always in that um, arena, like always around athletes and coaches and on the sidelines. And my dad was a coach and my brother played and I was a cheerleader. Then I was a cheerleading coach. And so we were just sort of always, whether it was that sport or something else, always around it. And, you know, at that time, um, and I think it still exists today too, but particularly around that time, it was very common for um you know, to hear things like, oh, you know, don't be soft, don't be weak, don't cry, that kind of stuff that I'm sort of downplaying right now. But when as a super sensitive kid who had all these emotions, it was sort of, I had it like, I kind of struggled with that tough love a little bit, but, um, but I love being around the sports. I love the excitement. I loved um, the, the energy. You can't just do, you can't duplicate that anywhere else. Like it's just impossible. So you know, just, just really being a part of that was, was super, super awesome. And the coaching part was always my favorite. As a sensitive child, Buck struggled for years to find the intersection of peak athletic performance and mental health. She found that the more disciplined she became, the better her mental well-being became. When she decided to live her life helping others bridge that gap, she began to conceptualize the aspects of mental toughness that her father had been trying to teach. Discipline is a part of it. So whether that discipline is rest and self-care, or the discipline to focus on and visualize on what it is that you want to do and want to achieve. Um, knowing that the game is, you know, as we say, 90% mental, giving yourself the opportunity to, to focus on that. Um, I don't really, I'd have to think about the actual items on a checklist for that one. But I think, I think those are the kind of things that you want to, that you want to look at and just sort of approaching about how, um, mental mental health is not a weakness and also that it's just it should just be like a normal part of of conversation a normal thing that that we adopt because really mental mental health is is wellness just like physical wellness mental illness is when you have you're struggling with things like depression and all these other things but so people think mental health and they think oh there's something wrong and there's sort of like this stigma around that term and i think we have to like redefine that and then we can use that much more easier to create that checklist for mental toughness where you're still able to get in the zone, play your game, visualize, be competitive, be relentless, have that Mamba mentality, if you will, but also make room for self-care and self-development, rest, all those things. After wrestling with her own anxiety and depression, Buck set out to become a coach and help others deconstruct the exact mental scenarios that she herself had worked through. When I decided to get certified as a coach, it was around 2015. And when I decided to get certified as a coach, there was all this talk of, oh, you got to pick a niche, you got to pick a niche, you got to whatever. So I was like playing with all these ideas. I'm like, who can I really help? Who can I really serve? And nothing was really clicking for me. And it took a couple of years, actually. And around 2018, I think it was, um, I was just sort of sitting back and reflecting on the things that impacted my life the most. And growing up, that was being around sports because to this day, probably the most favorite thing that I ever did in my life was coach, was be a coach, right? And cheerleading and just be in that space. I've never duplicated that experience since then, that sort of gratification. And that's why I became a coach in the first place. So I thought about that. And then I was thinking about my own 
struggles with mental health and my own spiritual mind, body, soul journey along with that. And these values that I learned growing up about, again, don't be tough, don't be, you know, don't be weak, stop crying, don't be a baby, you know, walk it off, not no matter what was going on with you. So, um, I, and I just sort of looked at those two things and I thought, wow, you know, there's gotta be other people that have struggled like I do, that grew up in this space that I did, that need to hear this and rewire their brain and their thought process and their beliefs the way that I had to. And there were hundreds of students actually. In a 2011 study from the NCAA, one in three student athletes from a 200,000 participant pool described feeling depressed and 50% acknowledged experiencing, quote, overwhelming anxiety. Take into account that this was a decade ago and has only gotten worse. In a more recent study from the University of North Texas, more than 20% of the 6,000 NCAA student athletes surveyed were experiencing clinical depression and depressive symptoms. A gender breakdown concluded that while 16% of male athletes had clinical depression, a quarter of the young women surveyed were not only battling depression, but also higher rates of eating disorders. They were worried based on the stigma surrounding asking for help and communicating the need for mental health services. When Buck graduated from Florida State University with dual degrees in public relations and creative writing, she reflected on how her time in the sports world had cultivated the kind of communication styles that she and others around her exhibited. She began writing a blog about her feelings and became a certified professional life coach and a member of the International Coaching Federation. You know, my personal mantra is that pain leads you to your purpose. And so, again, reflecting on my experiences, as I encourage everybody to do, um, and it's something too that like even when I'm working with athletes on identity after sports and transition and all that, there's a lot of reflection that has to go on there um, because things that you may not even think of like right now as an adult, if you kind of look back or, or you kind of look at your life and these are like the pivotal things, oh, okay, like this is something that maybe is an interest that can lead me to um, the next point. So yeah, so I think that, that that was around the point that I was like, I need to to talk about this um and at, soon after actually i started the blog is when we heard the demar de rosen players tribune came out then it was the kevin love one which just blew up and then you had um ben gordon wrote this incredible piece for players tribune and there was and just and slowly more and more people have been having this conversation so it's been cool to be um to watch that happen now that buck is a coach and works with athletes on their mental wellness her brand focuses on creating safe spaces. Whether that safe space is with a teammate, a coach, or a family member, the same outlets apply outside of the realm of competition. One of the top things that we always talk about with that is, is creating a space of trust. And um, I heard I heard, and heard someone say, a safe space is a consistent space. And that's in large part because they've created this trust, not just through, hey, yeah, you can come to me if you need something, but actually having the action of being there when someone comes to you, but also when somebody comes to you, not judging them, allowing them to just speak their piece, to say what's on their mind, not trying to necessarily quote unquote fix their situation, but more be a support system and if they need more help being like hey you know like i can actually um I'll, i'm happy to you know to be by your side as you go through this um 
And again, just not judging because you know how it feels like when you have an emotion or you feel some way about something and somebody's like, they get frustrated with you. Why do you feel that way? Da, 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 da. And that doesn't feel good. Oh, you shouldn't take it that way, but that's still my experience. So I think that safe space is trust and that's built through, again, action, consistency, validation, um, non-judgment. Those are the types of things that, that we look for in being safe. I think if you're saying to somebody, I'm just thinking like real life examples. If you're saying to somebody, hey, yeah, you can come to me, but on social media, you're posting like derogatory things. You're saying that this athlete is a baby because blah, blah, whatever the reason is. It doesn't mean it has to do anything with mental health. But if you're saying they're acting like a baby um, or I mean, you, you get what I'm saying? So like if you're if you're saying, oh, yeah, you can come to me, but your actions are actually showing that you know, that maybe it's not so safe, that person might not choose to come to you. Now, everybody cannot be every single person's safe space, right? And I still believe in being authentic and you can't fake that authenticity and some people you're gonna vibe with and some people you're not gonna vibe with. So that's part of it, is just sort of building those relationships. And when you're closer with somebody, just check in on them. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Just check, hey, how, you know, like, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? Good, all right, cool. Hey, you know, if anything's ever going through, you know, got some struggles, I'm here to listen. That's it, that's it. And you don't have to be that for, for everybody, right? And you don't have to um, not, you know, express opinions. I think we probably kind of get caught up in that too. But again, just, if that's who you're choosing to be to somebody, just make sure that those that those align, like your words and your actions and that, that vibe, because people will pick up on that. The cultivation of safe spaces is a balance of mental toughness and comfort, which Buck says are never really equal. This leads to safe spaces and trust breakdowns, which then lead to less individuals speaking their truths. I think the thing with safe spaces, mental health, all these different things that we're talking about is not waiting until there's a problem. I think it's creating a culture in your home, in your locker room, wherever it might be from the beginning that, um, hey, you know what? Like emotions are normal. Things get tough. I want you to know that you can speak up and talk to me. I won't change my opinion of you. And just being consistent in that message. Because if you are consistent in that message, when that person doesn't feel right, then the, and you ask them a question like, hey, you know, like something seems up with you, they'll probably answer a little bit more honestly than if that conversation never happened and all you ever told them was, hey, toughen up, whatever. So I, that's what I'm saying. Like there's this, there's this total balance that, yes, sometimes you do have to be mentally tough and we don't want our emotions to overrun us, right? But then at the same time, like we want to create a space where somebody feels, you know, safe enough to, hey, I'm going through going through a hard time right now can I at least just chat with you about it so it's kind of like creating that that balance which I don't necessarily know that there's a perfect formula for that but practicing things like mindfulness where they allow you to be in the present moment allow you to be aware just sort of it's, those are so many different keys to that but um yeah I definitely think that there's a balance to both you know just saying to somebody toughen up and get over it is not the best. But if you're that person, you feel that way. And that's just sort of how you feel life because you're not a super emotional person. You know, imagine that you still have emotions. You're still going to have good days. You're still going to have bad days. So being able to listen to somebody and just not judge them, be like, hey, you know what? Like, like I get it. I understand how you feel. I'm here to listen. Tell me more. I 
think that's that's a key. One avenue for those athletes who are seeking resources is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. On the surface, you buy a ticket, you see the most emblematic moments in professional football history, you see the bronze busts, and then you go home. Just inside that massive campus in Canton, Ohio, though, is the new behavioral health program. Through intervention coaching, companion services, individual counseling, inpatient treatment, and mental health services, this new affiliate of the Hall of Fame is focused on honoring the physical side of the game while acknowledging and assisting those struggling with the mental side. Buck is a mental health coach and contributing writer for the program's blog. You can read the articles she's written so far at the link in the show notes. I am available as a coach, but I'm also helping them in their mission to destigmatize some of these things, to get the word out, to be a voice, to help people through contributing to their website. I write actually all of their blog content, so as of right now. So that's, that's a space that I'm able to help on a larger scale, help them carry out their mission of reaching not just Hall of Famers and not just former pro athletes, but their families, their loved ones, and people who maybe up to this point have felt invalidated, felt like they didn't have a place to go or, you know, felt, you know, they didn't have the proper resources. And that's what this program serves as. So I'm really excited to be a small part of part of that. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is the first American Hall of Fame to include a mental or behavioral health sciences center. Yeah, I think it is the first one that is affiliated with a Hall of Fame, which is super, super cool. I mean, the players associations, um, to my knowledge, at least in basketball and football, have started to create these um, mental health arms of their programs. But um, this is a little bit broader in scope, I think, to, again, to my knowledge. And I think that it's, I'm, I'm so excited to be, yes, to be a part of it, but to really see how this is gonna help people because the people that are behind this program are so invested and so compassionate. And it's really, really, I think, just an incredible additional resource for, for people who need to go to somebody who gets it. We know whether you're judging because you think you're going to be judged because of financial need, whether you think you're going to be judged because of how you're feeling um, or your level in life, whether you're, you know, a high impact professional or you're this Hall of Famer, you know, athlete, wherever it might be that we're just, man, we're just people. And so just being another resource for, for people and allowing them to come from that that space that I think we're still emerging from of this, don't be weak, don't be soft, that type of stuff into learning how to, again, meld those two of mental toughness and mental wellness. In order to access the array of resources, you don't need to be specifically a professional football player, nor do you need to still be playing. It's about creating comprehensive solutions. It's about being a place where somebody can make a phone call to the concierge line and get the help that that they need, you know, and, and we're, and again, trying to spread the word about that so that it's, and they have a variety of um, payment options as well. So it's not like people might think, oh, it's, it might be inaccessible. It might not be. There might be a program or a foundation 
that can help pay for some of these services or at least, you know, point them in the right direction. So I think that that's like an important, that's an important distinction here and what they're doing. It's not just, oh, hey, we're working with Hall of Fame athletes and pro former retired pro athletes. It's, you know, we want to reach all those different levels um, and helping athletes um, get the care that they need and just destigmatize mental health but by providing accessible and widespread services. The concierge line that Buck mentioned is available to deal with mental health emergencies like those synonymous as the byproduct of repeated concussions. In 2019, Harvard University conducted a study on player health. It concluded that players who reported concussion-related symptoms during their playing careers were, quote, significantly more likely to report having cognitive impairment, depression, and anxiety later in life. Buck says that professional football instituting this kind of resource is imperative for the players and their longevity, even outside of the sport. People can pick up on that authenticity. So if your organization authentically is offering these holistic health services, mind, body, soul, whatever it would, or whatever it is, that's going to make a difference, right? If you have a, if you just, you have that, um, that culture within your organization versus like, it's instead of like a, um, oh yeah, we, we hired somebody, they're here, great. You know, like, but if they're actually, if you see them, if you're comfortable with them, if you get to know them, and again, this is all gonna be on the um, on the individual too, and it's gonna be on the atmosphere. Does this place feel safe? I know this person is here, but do I feel safe enough um, in this environment? And do I feel safe enough with that person to go and use them? But either way, I think it's a really good thing because even if they choose not to use that help within their organization, maybe they'll say, okay, at least I feel like, validated and okay and giving myself permission to seek help elsewhere. Buck hopes that the work the behavioral health program is doing will be of service to everyone who seeks it, especially those who call the crisis number. Hall of Fame Behavioral Health is a perfect example. You can call that crisis hotline or that concierge hotline that they have and say, hey, you know, I'm really struggling in this situation. Um, you know, is there a program or a provider or whoever it might be that might be able to help me? Or do you have other suggestions for resources? So that's why I think these programs are so important because you might not, even if your coach is like, says, oh yeah, yeah, come to me. Maybe for whatever reason, you don't feel safe doing that again, then look for other resources. It's for any athlete. It's for family members of athletes. It's for basically Anybody, um, I'm looking up the number right now so I can give it to you, but it's yeah. basically anybody who wants that, um, who's either an athlete or somebody who supports an athlete who needs that help, you can call that concierge line and I'll actually give it to you. It's 866-901-1241. That's 866-901-1241. Or you can go to their website, which is HOF as in Hall of Fame bh as in behavioralhealth.com so hofbh.com and you can find all the phone numbers and contact information and everything there buck is excited for the future of the program because it comes at a time when professional athletes have been using their platforms to discuss the mental toll of the game behavioral health also partners with healthcare services across the united states and provides grants for those unable to get help due to financial restrictions
we have to look at them as the whole individual and not just the athlete and the physical parts of them that make them a good athlete. So, um, and we have to set them up to not win, not just win games, but win at life. Because when you're happy off the field, off the court, out of the locker room, how, whatever you might want to call it, when you are able to walk through those challenges and obstacles, which are inevitable, by, by the way, it doesn't matter what you, where you come from, we all have challenges and obstacles that we all have to deal with. So when you're able to learn how to walk through those things and step forward instead of let me eat my emotions, let me sit on this, maybe this traumatic experience that I have um, because I don't have space to deal with it. But when you're able to, again, look at the whole athlete, I think that even that physical performance becomes, becomes better. And if there's a way for Hall of Fame programs or any other program out there to do that, Athlete or not, I think we have to continue to move in that direction. For any athletes currently struggling with clinical mental health issues, call 866-901-1241 or the crisis line at 866-901-1245. Those numbers are 866-901-1241 and the crisis line at 866 901 one, two, four, five. You can also reach the Behavioral Health Program at team at hofbh.com via email. The link to visit the program's website is in the show notes as well. I just think there's a couple things that I really love in terms of if someone is out there and they watch this and they are themselves struggling and it feels insurmountable it feels hopeless. You feel like you've lost that fight, like you're losing that fight. You don't want to fight anymore. You're tired. I get it. I've been there. I know people who have been there. And I think as insurmountable as things might seem so sometimes, it's, it's just temporary. And hard times are temporary. Hard times are inevitable. Everybody goes through it but they're not to diminish what somebody might be experiencing, but to understand that there, is, there are better days ahead. There is help available that, and I, I heard somebody say once, and I love this, that you've already survived 100% of your hardest days. And I love that because it's true. Now it can make it hard to still like, okay, but sometimes I might not feel like I'm gonna survive this day, but you will, and just and just reach out because programs, again, like coaches like me, programs like the Hall of Fame of Behavioral Health, pro resources like what you're providing are proof that there are people that actually like genuinely really care about helping you find that brighter day. If you're in need of a brighter day, you can also follow the Behavioral Health Program on Instagram at Hall of Fame BH. You can also follow along with Buck at the Misty Buck on Instagram. If you liked this episode, follow at Closer Mental on Instagram and Twitter as well. Thanks again for tuning in to the 21st episode of Closer Mentality. I'm so excited to see the ongoing work that the Behavioral Health Program is going to do. I'm thankful for Misty for sharing this new programming with us. If you loved what Misty had to say, you can also purchase her comprehensive mental wellness guide, Athlete Mental Health Playbook, at the link in the show notes. You'll love it. Otherwise, if you have an idea for an episode or would like to tell your story, 
send us a direct message at CloserMental on Instagram and Twitter. Tune in next Wednesday when I bring on Ann O'Neill to talk about the WNBA and the struggle of slowing down post-sport. See you next week. Thank you.